Welcome into another edition of Sportball with Squam, Stogie, and Skulldog. I'm Sam. With me, as always, are my good friends, Seth and Kyle. Boys, how are we? Doing pretty well. How are you? Are you asking me? Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, good, good, good. good Kyle? Good. Kyle, a.k.a. Stogie Barone, a.k.a. Thicky Rubio. I'm doing well. You want to explain to our five listeners why we are now calling you Thicky Rubio? So, as you all know, uh, Ricky Rubio is... Maybe you could say famous for uh, wearing his hair. He's got the long hair. He's got the nice flow. Chill him with no makeup on. Huh? Yeah. (laughs) He'll often put it up on the top in a little bun and leave the rest flowing, you know? Get the the back going. And at this point in my life (laughs) and my hair growth, I'm at that same stage. So if I do the same, I mean, we all know I'm a wizard on the court just like Ricky is. So (laughs) you might as well from now on just call me Thicky Rubio. Because I'm thick. <laughs> T-H-I-C-C <laughs> thick, though. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, um, we wanted to... I'd like pu- to interrupt, though. Already? There's it's a been public, a minute. There's a public service <laughs> announcement. I said I might not say much on this, but this is a barring, barring news. Barring um, news? Yeah. Look at it's any, not barring any news. It's about it's news about a new bar opening up. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly it. Barring um, any other news, this is yeah. news. Uh, so, public service announcement... Do we all here know what a top knot is? Yeah. Is that what you just described? Isn't that what you just described? Kind of. So. Oh, I already know. It's like Aaron Baines? Yes, yes. So short on the sides, and you keep a little bun thing up top. You got a little knot, right? A top on the top. Yeah, yeah. a a knot on the top. But I'm making a movement to when people have the Ricky Rubio, aka Thicky Rubio hair, when you got the long hair flowing, this should now be called a millennial mullet. Millennial mullet. A millennial mullet. Because who's doing this? Millennials, right? And who? And what are mullets? Mullets. Business in the front, party in the back. Exactly. That's but if so you got a millennial mullet, you're naughty on top with a party in the back. It's <laughs> <laughs> my two cents. Get it going. Know. That's worth three cents at least. Honestly, that might be a million dollar idea. Should we start that now? Yeah. I just made make sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. So we wanted to take this podcast to... Um, Talk about some to Forest Park. <laughs> your apartment. Coming in live from Forest Park. <laughs> Beautiful, sunny Forest Park. Actually, it's raining, I think. We wanted to talk about some topical things in the NBA. Like a, topical cream? Like a cream. Exactly. An ointment? Correct, <laughs> yes. To the hands. So I want to start off with uh, the garbage fire that's occurring in Washington, D.C. It's on the corner of uh, <laughs> whatever the arena is. <laughs> so the Wizards... <clears throat> Wizards. I've apparently said... That everyone is up for grabs. We're training everybody. <laughs> first come, first serve. And uh, <laughs> John Wall apparently first come, first went serve. off on Scott Brooks and said, uh, fuck you or something. Whoa. I mean, I don't want it's to mince words. So. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I don't know. You guys want to talk about maybe some potential trades for any of those three players where you see what the Wizards have to do from here on forward? Either of those things. Well, as everyone knows, John Wall is the one who needs to get traded, but is going to be the most difficult to move. Yep. Bradley Beal would be the one that they would most want to hang on to, but would be the easiest to trade and would get the most value in return. Correct. And I think Otto Porter Jr. is somewhere in the middle. Otto Porter Sr., though. <laughs> He's a trade asset, for sure. <laughs> um, but Otto Porter Jr. 
I think they'd be fine holding on to him if they have to move him in a package to get rid of Wall and get something else back. I would do that. Um, I think they should be looking at some of the... Bill Simmons was talking about this the other day, like some of the desperate teams in the league who just want to, who know they're not going to like make the playoffs, make a run at the finals, but just want to sell tickets. Um, so he mentioned the Pistons. I don't know if... Honestly, the the West that standings actually makes the most is sense, so though. like messed up right now, which we're gonna get to. It's like hard to tell which teams are gonna be where, but maybe there's a team out west that would take him. I mean, if multiple teams are willing to take shots at Carmelo Anthony, you would think that someone would take John Wall, but his contract is just so devastating that yeah. So they're probably gonna have to give up some draft picks or something just to be able to unload him. Let's talk about contracts. Um... So, <clears throat> I think John Wall is making like 19000 or something this year. $19,000. Wow. Right. That is. <laughs> He's working a part-time a job at the Starbucks. <laughs> uh, but he <laughs> he's making like $19 million this year, but then taking in next year is his extension, and he'll be making like $40,000. $40,000? making. He got a raise at the Starbucks? <laughs> he'll be making like... Promoted to assistant manager? <laughs> he'll be making like $40 million every year, and by the last year... When he'll be probably, it's I like don't know, forty-five when he's like yeah, 36 when he has one knee and a large gut, he'll be making forty-six million dollars a year. <clears throat> oh my god, I got choked up just saying that number. <laughs> so that I mean, name one team in the league that will pay that money. It's I don't know if there say. is one, and that's the one player that they really I would think need to trade. Whereas Bradley Beal, if you click on the right tab on my computer, is the <laughs> Is their best player now, I think, and he's making only twenty two uh million dollars a year. And I think it's a very tradable contract. I think Bradley Bill is pretty I think plug and play on any team, wouldn't you say? Um doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands all the time and you can really you can almost make a Bradley Beal trade with every playoff contender in the in the league. Well you can't plug and play him onto the Wizards, apparently. Apparently so. not. No one can be plugged and played onto the Wizards, they're on fire. Yeah. And, whereas, and then Otto Porter, on the other hand, makes more than Bradley. I think I'm looking at about $28 million And, you know, if I had to bet my life on him making an all-star game ever, I would say no. I think he'll make it 2-1 as a spectator. <laughs> Much like the Bears will <laughs> yeah, get tickets to the Super Bowl. Are you really looking up jerseys right now? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's thousand. <laughs> Kyle, what do you think do, uh, about any potential trades for those three? Um, I think you guys kind of... Hit it right on the head. Like John Wall is obviously the one that should go, but his contract makes it near impossible. I mean, statistically, last year uh, they were better when John Wall was injured and off the court for however long he didn't play for. Tomas Sadoransky. Yeah, Sadoransky. Yeah, Sadoransky's nice and you're feeling well. And I mean, you got playmakers around him, like. Bradley Beal and Otto Porter and Markeith and uh, I just don't think that Wall with his contract they're going to be able to do such a thing so I think the next best option is getting what you can for Bradley Beal and I think you can get a decent amount for him I mean he is he's a great scorer so any team could really use that and, and figure out how to use that um, and he's um, a great shooter too he can space the floor he doesn't yeah. need the ball in his hands yeah, exactly. So, 
I don't know really what they're going to do. I think you also have to kind of start talking about coaching changes. Like, Scott Brooks doesn't have a hold of the team. Mm-hmm. He's a terrible coach anyways, which we talked about last podcast. And I, I think it's rebuild season. I mean, they kind of thought they might have a shot at Durant a couple of years ago, and that didn't pan out. And after that, they just spent their money on the players that they had on their team instead of trying to make the team better elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think He's, that was kind of their downfall. I just don't think... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, is John Wall the most untradeable contract in the league? Yeah, I would say so. Wouldn't you? Andrew Wiggins comes to mind. Yeah. That's true, John. I don't know how many years they have left. I would assume Wiggins has a few more years left in his contract than Wall. Wall hasn't even technically started yet, so I'd say he's probably more untradeable. I would say that... It's funny because we we talk about these players. We talk about Bradley and Otto Porter. We say, oh, man, you know, Otto Porter, 3 and D, you can really play him anywhere. Bradley Beal, great shooter, off the ball, doesn't need the ball, really play him anywhere. But yet the Wizards can't figure it out with them, even though they're potentially the perfect players to place alongside a star like John Wall. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I think it's just more of a more of a chemistry issue than anything. And I think it's funny that the Wizards had all this chemistry issues last year, right? And Bring they, in Dwight Howard. Yeah, they brought in Dwight Howard and they said this will be fine. It's like they they like laid out newspaper, poured oil over it, and Lit a match, and then we're surprised when it started to flame. Oil? Can you burn oil? <laughs> yeah, it burns a lot, actually. All right, cool. I think it's so. I think that was a great analogy in that case. Job. I think it's interesting to note uh, that after that big spat at practice with John Wall and everyone, uh, Bradley Beal came out and, and said to a reporter, "Like, I've been dealing with this for years." Yeah. So it's like. He's, he seems fed up, too. and Right, that's, be, yeah. But. And that's why the one person you'd want to trade is John Wall. He seems like to be the problem, right? But you just can't trade that contract. And now that's their point guard for the next five years. It has to be. I don't know who's going to trade for him. So they're probably just going to have to try to trade Bradley and Otto or one of the two and try to rebuild from there. But are you really rebuilding when you know that your point guard can't work with other players well, you know? I would honestly just trade John Wall and, like, a first-round pick for, like, yeah. Luol Dang. Or somebody <laughs> worthless. Like, you know, I don't know. damn well Tibbs will not give up Luol Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like it's going to be very hard to fix that franchise. They're currently at 6-12, and 12, which isn't the best record you could have at this point. <laughs> it would be 18-0, actually. <laughs> do, they, do we think they still sneak into the AC if they decide that they don't hate each other? No. Next question. <laughs> I don't have any further questions, Your okay. Honor. They actually have a better record than the New York Knickerbockers, which is shocking because they should be playoff bound. Yes. <laughs> so we have no more thoughts on the Wizards? I do not. I've said it before, I'll say it again, they're ass. <laughs> the only thing that can save them is Harry Potter. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to um, kind of the fallout from the Jimmy Butler trade. So last time we talked about... Jimmy the Butt Butler, he had been traded just, I think, a day or two before, and they hadn't had any games yet. So since then, the um, the Timberwolves have looked rejuvenated. They've looked happy for once. Cat has looked happy, certainly. Are they still 8-11? Certainly. But I, you know, I think they seem happier, for sure. Um, and the 76ers are in third in the, the East. Jimmy Butler already hit a game winner the other day. And a game-saving block right before that. And a game-saving block right Although before that. Although they just lost to the Cavs. 
Right, and <laughs> after the game, Joel Embiid said they lost because the Cavs are actually the favorite in the East, as Tristan Thompson said before the season. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, what do you guys think about how this trade has worked out for both teams so far? Definitely like it for the Wolves. Um, I think even if they're not going to be good enough in the short term, it'll, I mean, they probably would have been out on, like, Jimmy would have left at the end of the year anyways. But at least they get some return for him. And I think Covington and Saric are both guys that are going to... Are good chemistry guys for them. Work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, people that Tibbs is going to like for as long as he's around. Still kind of in a bind with the Wayne's contract, like we said. But uh, Wolves fans should definitely feel a lot better now than they did at the beginning of the season when we were just in this Jimmy Butler purgatory. This morass. Yeah. I, th- I think that this is the classic period where you trade away a disgruntled player and things are very rosy for a while, but, you know, soon they'll realize that they don't have Jimmy Butler anymore. What? <laughs> and I think that that loss of talent would probably make them miss the playoffs, but I agree that in the long term they can kind of refocus on building around Cat in their future, maybe try to trade Wiggins if it is at all tradable, like we said. And go from there. I think their future is brighter. Yeah. I think uh, the Jimmy Butler edition, like I talked about and we talked about uh, when he first got traded, is was a great thing for Philadelphia. Um, it opens up the floor a lot. You know, taking um, Markel, I can't shoot for shit, Fultz. That is his I, I pump fake free throws. <laughs> oh, I want to say that I actually heard this. I don't know how much this is true. So, over the last couple of weeks, Markel fired basically his shooting coach and is no longer speaking with him. Right. And also, he... Okay, first I heard he was going for a shoulder checkup. And then I heard there's a problem with another part of his body that I can't remember. And he's getting that looked at and also wants to join a different team. <laughs> Good. Get him off the team. So, I don't know what's going on there, but that is... I mean, that's honestly the craziest situation I've seen in the NBA in my lifetime, I think. <laughs> I think, though, uh, since joining, like, we've... Ben Simmons kind of didn't look lost when, you know, during Butler's first game or two or three, whatever. But it wasn't... He didn't look the exact same, you mm-hmm. know, before Butler entered that equation. But now, like, three or four games afterwards, up to now... It looks like they're already a lot more cohesive. Like you see, Jimmy scoring like twenty plus a night, and Bead still doing his thing twenty plus with double doubles every and night. And honestly the MVP candidate right now. Uh, yeah, he's up there for sure. And Ben Simmons is now back to damn near triple doubling every night. Um, and it obviously helps having JJ Redick out there as the as a starter as well. You know, a shooter that could spread the floor. Um, and then Wilson Chandler's been getting more and more minutes. You know he's coming, a stogie boy. Yeah, coming back from that injury. So, yeah. like I said before, I thought they were um, like a one or two seed in the East. I still stand by that. Their bench depth, though, is kind of troubling the more I look at it. Um, I think they still might try to make a move or two mm-hmm. to kind of add some depth for them. Because, like, like Muscala's a perfectly fine play 12 to 15 minutes a night and sure. be decent on defense and can provide some scoring but after that I mean 
you don't you don't have a whole lot. I feel like so. Hey, well, first of all, your lender Shamit, Shamit, <laughs> who uh, has I wouldn't say he has Sean Livingston arms, but he's getting there. Uh, I wanted to say what were we just talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to say that yeah. What Jimmy Butler has really unlocked for them is they had a kind of excuse to move Markel Folds to the bench quietly, you know? Ooh, we have Jimmy now, so I guess we have to move him to the bench, which they didn't really have to do, but they wanted to. Do you think they whispered to him, like, hey, you're not going to be starting anymore? Yeah, probably. And they do that quietly? And then he probably folded like a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, because he's just not a very good basketball player right now. <clears throat> is he good at other things? Tough to say. <laughs> And so, I don't know, do you guys think that the 76ers have a real shot at making the finals now? Yes. I said it before. I'll say it again. I think they <laughs> need to add that a couple more pieces, whether it's depth. I know Chandler is a stogie boy, but he just doesn't feel like a player who's going to see crunch time <laughs> minutes for a team going to the finals. So, I think whether it's in free agency or they make another trade, if they're somehow able to... If Fultz puts together, you know, a couple of weeks where it looks like he can kind of shoot and they mm-hmm. trade him away for somebody, for a veteran or... Well, I think buy on the buyout market, they'll probably do well, don't you? Yeah. So, I think, depending on how that goes for them the rest of the season, they definitely have a shot and they're in the, the top tier of teams in the East, for sure. I would say any of the top four have a chance of making the finals, the Raptors, Bucks, 76ers, and Celtics. Even the Pacers, probably. Pacers look nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, Aaron Holiday's... Is it Aaron Holiday's brother? Drew Holiday's brother. Aaron Holiday. No, Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday? Isn't he no. on the... He, they have a third brother? Yeah. There's the one brother you never think about, like the plumbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he... Uh, with... Um, my God. What's his name? Their, their uh, star shooting guard. Victor, Victor Oladipo. Oladipo. Victor Oladipo. This man is a thing with me. <laughs> it's... Yeah. It behooves me to... Um, <laughs> I feel like you used that very incorrectly. <laughs> what did you say? Either way, uh, he's shown that he can come off the bench, though, and provide a lot of scoring and still distribute the ball. Uh, I think he's making a you know name for himself to be the backup point guard on that team or backup shooting guard. Um, and Demonis Sabonis is mm, he's nice. nice. Yes, he is <laughs> nice. I think it's... They don't. I don't know what it is in uh, for the Pacers. They don't want Miles Turner to be relegated to the bench, right. but they just play so much better when Sabonis is on the floor. That's an interesting thing to watch with the Pacers because you can't really play them together. It hasn't no, worked for them. They don't. They don't. And my, Sabonis is honestly better than Miles right now. I mean, I'll say it. Will I be the first to say it? No, he's been better than Miles Turner for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think since last and year. And I think it's just because Miles is kind of was supposed to be their franchise player. The little yeah, they hesitant. signed this contract. I mean, you know, politics started. matter in in sports. You know, and they, I mean, who is to say whether they're all Democrats or Republicans? <laughs> but they they don't want to just relegate from the bench after giving that big contract. But maybe he could be a trade piece for a team looking for a young big man. Could be what, tough, what is his contract? That. Is it that bad? Uh, I think it's kind of crazy, actually. Like it's not, it's not like up there, up there. It's but not John Wall bad. No, certainly. it's not John Wall bad. But you're you're gonna look it up right now. So yeah, I'm not as good at in podcast research as you are, though. Yeah, we'll figure it out though. You'll get there one day. Uh, they signed him for four years. You're already on it. Oh no, I'm just reading. Four years for how much? It's almost ten million. Yeah. For Wait, that can't be right. And under productive big man in the league where. 
Um, no, four years, eighty. That's his up. Yeah, there upcoming contract. He just extension. got a new contract. Yeah, he just got extended. Four years for eighty. Yeah, that's not terrible for. But he doesn't. He's not worth that. Well, someone I could see someone in the league though taking. He's it's not like John Wall. We already know who John Wall is, right? Miles Turner. They're going to look at him as kind of like unlocked, untapped potential. He's the odometer. Does he have multiple passports? What's his real? Is that even his real name? Why did you look at me like? It's that? not like John Wall, someone that we know. <laughs> He's like more of a Jason Bourne, right? Did you call him the odometer? Yeah, that's his nickname. Is it? Yeah, it's Miles. Because he's a Miles Turner. Oh my god! Did you just come up with this? No, this has been a known thing. At least I thought he's a miles turner. I saw this thing that was, it was a meme of this woman being interviewed on some like, talk show, mm-hmm. and she was being interviewed for this uh, like best-selling book that she wrote, and her name is Paige Turner. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you know she was born to do. for this. Yeah, she was born for that job. But yeah, I really like the Pacers still. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they could certainly win a playoff series against any of those top four. I think. The Raptors are really scary, though. I didn't think this was going to happen. The I Raptors. Never we'd be here. I have a bone to pick with the Raptors because. Don't even say it. Okay, I won't. Pascal Siakam. It's the, <laughs> the femur bone. Uh. Uh, <laughs> because so yesterday, and by yesterday, of course, I do mean yesterday. Mm. Very rare. <laughs> I'm shocked by that news. They debuted their new OVO uniforms for little stupid little Drake, who I hate with all my heart. <sighs> That's it. That's my only bone to pick with them. Otherwise, they've been playing good basketball. They've Great been, basketball. They've gelled much quicker than I thought they would. But, hey, here we are, 16-4. and four. It's interesting how they gelled in the Celtics' heaven. It is. Good segue, except we have something else to talk about. Two more just things go ahead. that. But I'll go ahead. You know, this is a this is a podcast where we can just... This is a podcast, thank you. This is a podcast? Wait, we're <laughs> recording? Yeah, actually, I've had a mic on this whole time. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been bamboozled. <laughs> so, why are the Celtics... Ass. Good question. <laughs> there are only they're, not. They're, they're ten, 10 and nine. nine. Yeah. So, um, Gordon Hayward is obviously not himself yet. Who is he? He's more of a Jason <laughs> Bourne type. And Kyle's getting very disgruntled so with us. <laughs> um, Bill Simmons was talking about this as well. Like all four, five of their starters are low energy, and I think I agree with that. I think bringing in, like, one of the Marcuses or even, like, starting Baines, um, I think might be the way to go. And just kind of balancing out some of the different personalities. And we are talking about in the football podcast about players who can electrify the offense. Like, the Celtics thrived last year because they were this underappreciated team of young players um, who were overperforming. And they would thrive off of each other's energy, hit, hit a big three, get a transition dunk, uh, play really good defense, get steals, force turnovers. And then now that energy you just feel like isn't there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I haven't been to a game this season, but just watching on TV, you can you can tell. And so, and plus, I think everyone is worried about everyone else's ego and not right. wanting to like Gordon is not trying to shoot really ever he's not getting to the basket he's not getting free throws he's not really hitting open threes either and so i can see why he is taking his time and i think it's important to give him minutes so that he can hopefully get acclimated and reach his potential towards the end of the season sure but i think brad is continually just experimenting with when to bring in those 
kind of emotional spark plugs and went to bring in Rosier and Smart and Morris and even Baines I think can fulfill that role you know getting a couple block shots pumping everybody up with his hairstyle with his top knot um, with his millennial which, mullet by the way he's, he's adjusted at some times he wouldn't wear the top knot he just like saw him wearing it with a headband and just slicked back anyways I, I still in Brad we trust I still have to believe we'll put it together, but so you're it's not definitely worried? not where I expected us to be at this point in the season. Are you worried? I get a little bit more worried every day deep down, but <laughs> I'm putting a brave face on. That's so that's so courageous of you. Thank you. My favorite thing that I've probably read so far this NBA season comes from something I just looked up right now. <laughs> the in-podcast research again. Which uh, has to do with um, their game against the Hawks the other night uh, when they had like that 45-point first quarter so mm-hmm. obviously i've talked a little bit here how it reminded us obviously like what you said seth of what the celtics could be consistently uh if all the pieces end up coming together however according to boston.com the hawks are like a steroid inhaler for a bronchitis patient <laughs> a nice dose makes you feel better in the short term but there's still a long road to actually getting healthy again. Wow, what an analogy. <laughs> Incredible. You're not wrong really. about that. It's poetic. So, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, I don't know what's going on. Everyone's not really, like, gelling together like they were last year. Does I think... this have to do with the fact that Kyrie, like we've always known, he needs the ball in his hands. And last year, Terry Rozier wasn't afraid to... You know, kind of take a back seat and just distribute the ball and let everyone else score. Whereas Kyrie now, it's like he's the one that's scoring what twenty plus twenty five, almost thirty points a night now. Mm-hmm. But it's at the detriment of the rest of the team. Like no one else gets involved because he just wants to play ISO ball. Yeah, I think that it's kind of like what I talked about last time we talked about the Celtics, where they might just have too many good players, where nobody really knows what their role is supposed to be and if they're going to be playing, you know, in the fourth quarter and if they're going to be closing out games. And sure, everyone gets, you know, Jalen and Terry might get 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes, but they're not getting the same usage as they would have been last year, right? And, you know, everyone's on the outside seems fine with it, but I I feel like only naturally that's going to kind of eat away at you and you're kind of wondering what your role is. So, I mean... you know, it's still very early in the season, and they have until, you know, the spring to figure it out. But it is a little worrisome. I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics make a move before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think they're for sure going to be going all out for Anthony Davis in the offseason. Yeah. That'd be insane. Who would they even trade for Anthony? Probably, uh... Anyone. Probably Jalen. I bet Jason Tatum's untouched, untouchable, but... Yeah, they try to keep Tatum, Jalen, Gordon, and uh, picks. Yeah, Rozier. Anybody really? And if Andy Davis doesn't sign an extension this offseason, the Pelicans would really have no choice. So, right. Let's move on to the Western Conference, which um, is wow. Just looking at the standings, there are uh, one, two. There are, I guess, I don't have to count because the numbers on the left side of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> there are. Seven teams between 12 and 6 and 11 and 7. And then the rest of them, until you get down to the Suns, are between 8 and 11 and <laughs> and 10 and 8. So, I mean, it, that's kind of... 
maybe what to be expected in the West when you have a collection of maybe not like you mentioned Seth the last time we talked about the NBA maybe not the first four aren't as good as the East right but you go maybe one through twelve and they're all the, so uh, the conference is deeper yeah I'm there there's no bad teams besides the Suns right so when you have to play those teams over and over. Yeah. You kind of all just beat each other, and you end up with records like these, where the top team is is twelve and six, and the it's the Clippers. <laughs> well, the Clippers, the Thunder, and Grizzlies are all tied at twelve and six. Yeah, <clears throat> which is shocking to everyone. I still gotta feel like it's early enough in the season where all of these things are gonna kind of work its uh, work themselves out, and maybe the Grizzlies are gonna surprise us and be a six seed, a seven seed. And I mean, there might be only two games in between the third seed and the sixth seed, anyway. So whatever. Sure. But <clears throat> I still kind of believe that some of the early season trends will even out mm-hmm. and end up a little bit more like what we thought at the beginning yeah. of the season compared to what they are now. But where I mean, the Kings would be in the playoffs and the Rockets, would right? Not. Right. I don't think that'll happen. But I think that where the Clippers and the Grizzlies might regress, you know, from obviously being the the one and two seed in in the West, I still think they can make the playoffs, and I wouldn't be all that shocked. I mean, the Clippers just have no bad players, and they just, even their bench, you know, they have 10 guys they can roll with that are good at basketball, as they say. Montrez Harrell is taking a step forward this year. Tobias Harris just keeps getting better at the pick and roll. Lou Williams in the fourth quarter, you know he's going to make clutch shots, and they've just really gelled together. The defense of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has looked great. And Pat Beverly, and they just have, they have, you know, a deep, hardworking, competent basketball team, and that's that's good enough to maybe sneak into the playoffs. And with the Grizzlies, they suck. <laughs> with the Grizzlies, <laughs> I think I said this before the season. They have Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol, and we've we've always said that if they stay healthy, that's enough to make the playoffs in the West. And Is they basically have nothing else this year. We've and they've always said that. And a th- <laughs> I actually came out of the womb saying that. Were you there? <laughs> yeah. I was there when okay. you came out of the womb. Gotcha. And uh, are you my father? I am. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And um, that's what they have this year. They have Marcus All, Mike Conley, and a, a, a supporting cast that doesn't really inspire you, but they're still sitting at 12-6 and six right now. And I think that if, if Mark and Mike stay healthy for 82 games, which is obviously a big question mark, and maybe it doesn't have that great of a chance of happening, but if that's the case, I think they can sneak into the playoffs. I just don't know, like, your team is basically two players, and then, like, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s looked really well, looked really well, looked really yeah, good. Yeah, he hasn't been sick all year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and he kind of just holds down the defense, but besides that, there's just really nothing on this team that, like, scares me. I mean, Marcus all has been playing really well as of late, as has Mike Conley, like, they wanted him... Uh, to start shooting more, and that's exactly what he's doing. And he's making those shots like Conley used to do. But like you said, I don't know if they can stay healthy for 82 games. And even if they do, with this Western Conference, it's going to be hard to attain that or keep that you know third seed that they're at right now and even make the playoffs. Yeah, it's man, it's a bloodbath. I mean, <clears throat> the way I'm looking at it now, you could have 14 teams make the playoffs? Actually, you can only have eight. Oh, I see. Per conference. I mean, the only team gun to my head, which is happening right now, <laughs> Kyle's holding a gun to my head. The only thing, the only team that I would say I definitely am confident will not make the playoffs is the Suns. 
I mean, could you see the Mavericks or Timberwolves sneaking in? Could you see the 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 Grizzlies and the Clippers that we just talked about sneaking in? I guess maybe the Kings too. I, I would say they're not going to make the playoffs, but other than I that, think the Kings have a better shot at making playoffs than the Grizzlies do. Really? Yeah. Want to make the case for that? I don't know. Buddy Heald has been lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Buddy Heald's been incredible for them. They're finally starting to actually utilize Marvin Bagley off the bench. Uh, I mean, he's basically playing with only one hand because that's the only hand he shoots with. <laughs> um, but he's still been putting up near double doubles the last couple nights. Um, and Darren Fox is like, Darren Fox is incredible. Like yeah. his his uh, outpouring of basically everything offense this year has been a huge step up from last year. And I think that has to do with like. They've embraced, we're a young team, so what are we going to do? We're just going to run and gun. Like, they don't play the best defense, but they have the offensive weapons to be able to keep up with teams that are going to run and gun with them. And, like, um, I don't even, I just completely lost my train of thought. All all of this is very disappointing for me because the Celtics have their draft pick next year. That's true. And it does not look like it's going to be super high anymore. But, who knows? Maybe they'll realize that they're the Kings and they can't actually win. It shocks me that you guys think that the Grizzlies will regress more than the Kings. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm shocked. I didn't say that. Uh, I just think after that. watching the beginning of the season, like I really like what I'm seeing out, you know, in Sacramento. And like I said, they've embraced their youth and they're taking full advantage of it and just trying to outrun teams, and they have the players to allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they make the playoffs, I don't think they make it past the first round, but sure. I think that they have what it takes to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. I think I see it kind of like the Lakers of last year where they started off pretty well, young team running a lot, and everyone was like, oh, are they for real? And uh, then they just kind of fall back to earth because these young, inexperienced players just aren't ready to win like that. But, I mean, it would be a nice story if they made the playoffs. Where where are people when they fall back to Earth? They're usually on the moon. Okay. It's like when Neil Armstrong went on the moon. Have you seen right, First Man? The Lakers. The movie? <laughs> I have not. Okay, so he went to the moon with the Lakers. Really? Yeah, and then they fell back okay. to Earth. And I completely forgot they got Bogdan Bogdanovich back a couple a couple games ago. Yeah, I have him on my bench in fantasy basketball for all of his injury, and then as soon as he got healthy, I dropped him. <laughs> it's a cutthroat league strategy. out there. <laughs> and like that's going to add another dimension, like more outside shooting. Um, for that team that's already been doing pretty well. Like you said, Buddy Heald's been outstanding. He looks like the Buddy Heald from college, mm-hmm. what he looks like now. Well, he's really unlocked now that De'Aaron has taken a step forward and he can just, you know, be a pure shooter. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just, just don't think they have... a night against the uh, Warriors. Yeah, I just don't think they have the talent to make the playoffs in the West. Um, should we talk about the Jazz, who are in 14th right now? Why is that? Well, it seems like... <laughs> they have been won four, t- four games in the last 11? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is uh, that the 14th worst record? I think that maybe we overvalued the Jazz a little bit coming off of last year because they went on a tear at the end of the season. I think it was 26-9 or something to that end. And <clears throat> they started the season very poorly. And what they probably are is somewhere right in the middle of those two. Yeah. Those two streaks. And they they have the chance to be elite defensively. They haven't looked at it yet, but I think they'll probably be in the top 10 or top 5 when it's all said and done. But offensively, uh, they struggle a bit because Ricky, not Thicky, but Ricky, can't shoot. And Donovan is kind of going through 
maybe not a sophomore slump, but just defenses are paying more attention to him. He's having trouble being efficient on offense. And I think some of that is just that we we had an expectation that he'd make a big leap, right? But maybe, you know, progress isn't always linear. And he's perhaps stayed the same or gotten a little worse from last year. And he should be their main offensive threat. So they've been struggling on that end of the floor. Jazz are 2-5 and five at home. Basically the only team in the West, the only team other than the Suns in the West have a losing record at home. Mm-hmm. Utah, what's going on? you got to show up to the games, get your team going. Well, the problem is that when opposing teams come to Salt Lake City, there's nothing to do at night, so they're well-rested for the game the next day. <laughs> Could be it. <laughs> yeah, so kind of talking about the defense, last year, obviously, Utah was known for their defense. They were the top-rated defensive team in the NBA, and now this year, about a quarter of the way through the season already, they're 14th, um, and they have the fifth-worst offensive rating as well. So it's just like nothing's clicking, and they're – I think uh, – I was reading something the other day that said um, – Kind of teams have after having a season playing Utah last year, they they know what to expect and they they're able to game plan a lot better for them. Um, teams are now attacking Rudy Gobert at the rim, which they really weren't doing last year, mm-hmm. and they've been pretty successful doing it too. So it's like, and Ricky Rubio, he hasn't been that great on defense either. So like pick and roll situations, it's been really tough for them to defend. And I think that's kind of like one of their biggest downfalls is like what we like what we're seeing with Denver this year, how their pick and roll defense has improved immensely and their records show and their games have shown that we're seeing a breakdown of that in Utah and we're seeing the exact opposite. I got to think they still make the playoffs though, right? It's a tough division. I would say more likely than not, but I wouldn't bet on it. I just don't know in the West. I mean, I would think the Rockets are out of the playoffs right now. We definitely think they'll be into the top four, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I still think it'll be Warriors, Rockets, mm-hmm. um, Blazers, Lakers, mm-hmm. Pelicans, Spurs. Thunder, probably. Clippers, Thunder. <laughs> How many Have I named 10 yet? <laughs> How many teams have you named? <laughs> oh, man, we should just go to the format where you just have 16 teams in general so that we can get... The deserved teams into the playoffs from the West. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know what? I don't know what's going to happen because, you know what? It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're not a Nostradamus of yourself? I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. So I actually wanted to touch on this, which we haven't yet. The Warriors, 13-7 um, and seven right now, in fourth in the West, but really ostensibly tied with three other teams. For first, um, and KD and Draymond had a little spat. What is that? A week ago? About half a week ago? About a week ago. Are we worried at all? Because I'm not. But should we be? Also, Steph has been out, and he's really the engine that runs this team. So, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, don't I think it's kind of like. This could be possibly the early beginnings of the you know the downfall of the Warriors. Like what's happening in Washington right now, the team just has absolutely no chemistry, and Draymond's not helping that in Golden State. There's obviously tension between at least him 
and KD. I don't think KD doesn't look like to me like he even wants to. I mean, we know that after this year, ninety nine percent chance he moves, he goes to another team. Do you think it's a ninety nine percent chance? Yeah. I Why do. would you leave? Okay, let's say they. I don't win. think it's ninety nine. I think it's. I don't think he sixty knows. maybe, it, especially now. Like I don't think this whole thing worries me about them this season. Like I still think they'll have the number one seed and be the favorite to win. Mm-hmm. But I think it makes it more likely now in my mind for Katie to leave. But Kyle, why do you tell us why you're so confident? I, I like I said, I just think kind of Draymond finally coming out and especially in the middle of a game, speaking his mind and just for no reason bringing up the fact that, like, you're not here, like, your mind, like, not with the team or whatever the hell he said and pissed off KD. It's like, why would he stay in a situation after this year with the Warriors and have to put up with Draymond's shit any longer when he can go to the Lakers and join LeBron and be... Arguably just as good as the Warriors then with both of them on the team. And if Lonzo develops even more and you got Brandon Ingram as well. I, I, I don't think he would ever I don't think he would ever join the Lakers though. I don't think he would ever join LeBron. Why not? Because he sees himself as uh, the main <clears throat> foil to LeBron. The main rival to LeBron. The, the, best, the new best player in the league. And I think he wants... I mean, I don't know Kevin Durant's feelings. But I think... What? <laughs> I think that he wants his own team without other superstars. To me, that would be the reason why he left. But he's on a team full of superstars. <laughs> exactly. To me, that would be the reason why he left was to go somewhere like the Knicks or the Clippers, where it's a it's a franchise that hasn't won recently or maybe ever. That franchise that might be a joke in the league, and that he can come to a team by himself or as the main superstar. And carry them to the finals. If I were him, that might be a reason I leave. But to me, if they win the finals, why would you leave? You have a chance to win. You know, you have a chance to win six and seven or seven and eight. Honestly, if you keep this team together, so I mean, it would be unprecedented for sure, and it would be a bold choice to leave a dynasty for to try to get your own. You know, make a name for. Yourself elsewhere. He already has a name, though. So yeah, that was a poor choice of words, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean, it's just to leave a dynasty. I don't know why you do that. Yeah, I don't know. I just think there's. I mean, there's obviously been so many talks of Katie leaving after this year, and it's obviously evident to some players in the locker room too. Mm-hmm. Like, I gotta listen to what other players are also saying or thinking, and. When your yeah, own teammates are the ones saying stuff about it. Do you think that's more like a media media hype, or do you think that they're hearing that from Kevin Durant's circle? I, I don't know. I couldn't say I'm not the Brian Windhorst to Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Seth? I think he'll probably leave, but I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't, so I think 99% is a bold thing to say, but... Yeah. And I, I would Could be surprised be if he goes to the Lakers. Um, I don't know. I just there's can't, really no like one clear option. That, you're gonna leave a team that's the favorite in the league by far and has a clear path to a dynasty better than the Bulls, even. Yeah, I think he might stay. 
What? Ninety nine percent chance he stays. We'll I see. mean, if I were him, I would certainly stay, but I'm not Kevin Durant. Holy shit! I thought you were coming this whole time. <laughs> All right, you guys have any other teams you want to really hit on in the West? It's just wide open. We just got to see what happens, man. The Lakers have looked improved. Yeah, uh, have they though? It's pretty much no. just been LeBron. <laughs> yeah, that's LeBron's true. actually trying. Yeah, it's true. I I had talked previously about how he doesn't. Seem <laughs> I had to be talked trying. previously to LeBron, and he said, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm going to start trying." In one of our nighttime conversations, he often texts me at three AM. You up, and you know I'm there for him when he needs me. That used to be me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he. <laughs> it's funny when uh, your best player and the best player in the world start trying. How you can start to win games, huh? Yeah. yeah, pretty funny. All right. Any other thoughts, boys, gentlemen, friends, colleagues, peers? I think that'll about do it. Me too. We haven't we we talked NBA pretty recently, so yeah, there just, hasn't just been had any to, crazy things that come up. Just had to really catch up our five fans and what's happened in the last uh, week or so. We've just been sitting around waiting, wondering what was happening. Would you say their breath has been baited or I would otherwise? Not. Got it. What about uh, Kevin Durant though during that Mavericks game, going over to the sidelines and telling that fan to oh, yeah. shut the fuck up and just watch basketball? He's not wrong. Yeah, but says it like it since is, when you know? has he been that type of player? For a while now, actually. For since, ever since he moved to Golden State, the first year I think, think actually the first year, I think the first year he expected to be kind of like loved after he won a championship, you know, and he thought that would make everything fine. But then he was like, "Oh wait, the fans still hate me." Well, I guess I'm the villain now, and I feel like he's been really like more upfront and you know speaking his mind now. Yeah, so it seems like on Bill Simmons' podcast, anyway. Yeah, when he <laughs> so we get all of our ideas. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> So basically, what we're saying is, don't listen to Bill Simmons podcast. Absolutely no. not. Under are, no circumstances. This is basically the highlights. So. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. This has been another podcast that no one asked for, no one needed, and no one deserved. Do you think they want it though? No. All right. Good. All right, boys. Yeah, I'm stuffed from all that za. Peace. <laughs>